We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Two pitch, ball line to Yount, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air, Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history! Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center! He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well. And it's gone. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. And me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast, sometimes in life you have little moments that present themselves to you, whether it's in your personal life or your professional life, whatever it may be. And sometimes those moments slip from your grasp, we'll, we'll call it, slip from your grasp by uh you know something that may not be your own doing bad luck whatever it may be and a combination of your own failings uh and that's one thing that happened to the milwaukee brewers this weekend is they had an opportunity to win a series against the st louis cardinals games there to be won games they were in control of and then much like those opportunities in your personal or professional life star athletes they're just like us uh this one just slipped by a good but flawed team beat another good but flawed team and has now taken control in the driver's seat in the national league central and that's where we are that is where we are adam thanks for joining me how you doing i'm doing okay andrew uh i did not have a lot of fun watching the final couple of innings of the final game of this crucial crucial brewers cardinal series I was feeling pretty good early in the game. I was like, okay, the Cardinals are here. They're 
they're having a 1982 World Series celebration on Saturday night, I think it was, for Game 2. Then for Game 3, the giveaway is replica 1982 World Series rings. They are really, really rubbing it in. And I thought, you know what? None of it matters. None of it matters if the Brewers come away from here with the series win. They'll come away from here with the division lead. And all of a sudden, all momentum has shifted. And everything's looking rosy in the world. But um, one brewer, a few brewers, one brewer, who could say, had other ideas. And uh, that's the one thing I'll push back on, on your your intro, which I'm not sure if you knew where you were going when you started that, so just congratulations for landing the plane. said it was a combination of things, <laughs> and I added one of those combinations was your old personal failings. So that okay. is accounted for. Go on. <laughs> no, that's that's all I was... I just didn't want to make it seem like, you know, sometimes things go against you. It's like, you know, you do it to yourself, you do, as Tom York once said, Andrew. Um, and the Brewers certainly do it to themselves. We do it to ourselves by investing in Brewers baseball. And here we are. We're gonna we're gonna work our way through it all. We're gonna try to process what's happened, what it means going forward. But let's not pretend otherwise. That's not sugarcoated. This is a colossal, colossal loss. Like for as much as one game in a 162 game season, like shouldn't really matter that much. This one against that team heading into seven games out of your next 10 against the juggernaut Los Angeles Dodgers, you had to have this one. You had to give yourself just that little bit extra cushion because realistically, you would have been losing ground on the Cardinals in the next week anyway, and it would have been a matter of, okay, well, at least at least we struck a blow. At least we landed a punch um, when we had the chance to, where the Brewers can't quite say that. And I think they... They'll be kicking themselves over it because they are good enough to be in a game with the Cardinals every time they play them. The Cardinals have a one-game lead in the season series now, but just every game between the two teams is an absolute like slugfest. A metaphorical slugfest because this this series was earmarked by dominating pitch. Sure, that's a good point. <laughs> very uh, very good point. There's. There are two things that have, and I know run differential will say differently, but there's two things in my mind that separate the St. Louis Cardinals from the Milwaukee Brewers when I think about, all right, who's the better team? They're very close. As as obvious by the games they've played this season, I think going into the series, what, they were 6-6 six and six against one another? And then this is the, the separator. The Cards have now won eight out of – 15 games against the Brewers and a tiebreaker with no potential game 163 are more important than ever. And game one, as we transition to a series recap was evidence of the separator that I had between these two teams. And it's the Cardinals have two superstars on their team and the Brewers have a bunch of guys that are very good, can have stretches where they look elite, but overall are not up to the level of these guys. Um, This game pitted Eric Lauer against Jordan Montgomery, who was a trade deadline acquisition from the New York Yankees. They sent Harrison Bader um, to the Yankees because they also believe Dylan Carlson, <coughs> excuse me, every podcast was ready to be the everyday center fielder. And he showed some flashes as well um, that that will be the case. But this game got started off the scoring early for the, the Cardinals. First inning, Paul Goldschmidt, homer to center field, 
scoring him and Dylan Carlson stakes him to a two nothing lead. Uh, Lauer mostly had a very good performance. He pitched around some walks and some hits, but two of those hits were home runs, a two run homer from Paul Goldschmidt. And then not a lot of talk, not a lot to talk about in this game. Cause we fast forward all the way to the sixth inning. Nolan Arenado hits a solo homer to make it three, nothing. Uh, Victor Caratini eventually gets one back in the seventh to make it uh, three to one St. Louis, but then the St. Louis bullpen handles things from there. Plant throws uh, after Plant exits the game. Uh, Ryan Helsley throws two scoreless, and the Brewers were just dominated by the Cardinals pitching in this game. They did get eight hits, but they did not get hits when it mattered. Uh, I guess they were two for five with runners in scoring position, but only one of those scored left eight runners on base. And Jordan Montgomery just did a great job of limiting damage. And despite four hits and two walks, he balanced that out with eight strikeouts and had a really good performance that, that held them down. You get dominant relief pitching from there. And that's kind of just that not getting the big hits when they needed it most. I mean, this team's been um, known for their, uh, their power this season and they were pretty much powerless in this game, two extra base hits, one from Victor Caratini, but it was kind of a, I think a ground ball double, if I remember correctly, that might've been one he hit pretty well. And uh, Luis Arias triple other than that, didn't have the the big homer or the big inning where they string together a lot of base runners and, and keep the train moving on the base pass. And and that was that. The the Cardinals pitching was better than the Brewers hitting, and that won the day. It's just kind of a nightmare start. It's one of those moments where it happens in the first inning, and as a Brewers fan, you're doing you're going, is that it? <laughs> we done already up against a team with significantly better hitting. Of course, the Brewers are capable of overcoming it. But in what always promised to be really tight, low-scoring games, pitchers' battles where you'd have to take your chances when they come, seeing the Cardinals come right out of the gate like that, um, Paul Goldschmidt hitting a homer, it's kind of all of the things that you would have been dreading going into the series happen right in the very first inning. And the Brewers find themselves up against it. I don't know how many favors Craig Council did himself in this game with his lineup choices. We have gone back to full left, right, left, right, Andrew. We're making some pretty bold decisions. Kesson here, in spite of all, everything the numbers say, and in spite of the fact he has played well recently, um, cannot hit. <laughs> cannot hit against left-handed pitching. Yeah, and, and you break down the numbers, and it's clear that Keston here can't hit left-handed pitching. Let's just break it down by a catch-all metric like WRC plus. Um, Keston's career WRC plus. If you, and if you don't know, WRC plus is a metric where 100 would be major league average. Keston's is 58 first career, 60 this year against left-handed pitching. Uh, Rowdy's is 97 first career and 95 for this season. So, and you're comparing Keston here and Rowdy Telez head-to-head for. Who should be in a lineup starting at first base against left-handed pitching? Based on the data, it should be Rowdy Telez. I know traditional baseball, old-time kind of thoughts would be right, left, right, left, that sort of thing. Play the matchups that way. But, I I mean, I think we've evolved to the point where you need to play the matchups based on what the data is telling you. We've got a significant amount of data in both of their careers to show which one is more productive versus left-handed pitchers. And it's Rowdy. And it just doesn't make sense to keep – shuffling the lineup like this and taking one of your key bats out of it. Um, if if Keston was mashing lefties or they had traded for, for Christian Walker, who's a gold glove, gold glove caliber first baseman that matches lefties, sure. 
but this is not that and continuing to do it i think just makes this team worse and this is a game where they scored one run maybe rowdy could have run into a home run with someone on base and things would have been different yeah and it is also i think the thing you've got to factor into that decision and this is the part that goes right back to some of our early discussions in the season where like just me coming to baseball from other sports and then what seems to be like big baseball brain continue to just come up against each other. Where Rowdy is your home run leader. He bats in more runs than anyone else. And you've got a crucial game. Like if you're making that decision for him, that you would think the numbers have to be truly terrible. Like you would think that the disparity one way or another has to be so extreme that you're left with no choice because he's the guy that if I was a manager, I'd be like, you can't get me to take this player out of the lineup. This is the most reliable offensive cog that we have this season. So that's that's the thing that makes it all the more puzzling for me. Um, we're all four, and Council has done this and done it pretty well recently, and we've seen good results from getting Keston greater opportunity. I think getting him DH opportunities against the right pitching matchups is, makes a lot of sense. Um, getting him and Rowdy out there is is adding some extra firepower to your offense if they're both in the lineup. Mike Brasso for Colton, that's a slightly different thing. Um, Colton, I know we've whenever we touched on this in the past, you've noted Colton is really just he cannot hit lefties at all. Um, it's not a rowdy situation where he's slightly above average. At the same time, though, there is also the consideration there too. I think Brasso is the right call, but Colton Wong has been very, very reliable when it comes to getting on base lately. And when you look at that game and how that plays out, and if you look at it, most Brewers games that don't go their way right now and how they play out, we end up bemoaning the fact that there aren't guys on base. And it's why we wanted a contact hitter at the deadline. We wanted someone who's just kind of come up with singles and doubles and give the likes of Rowdy or Hunter Renfro, those kind of guys, the chance to really step up and put a dent in a game and honestly we'll get to it as we continue on but when you zoom out and you look at this series and the games that the brewers lost it's a couple of instances where multiple runs are scoring on home runs for the cardinals because they're able to get guys on base that decides the series in their favor and with just a little bit more there on the brewer's side the series is close enough, and I remember saying this coming into it, that this is a series will probably come out of being like they could have got swept, they could have swept the Cardinals, or it could have been any other combination of 2-1. They, they could have swept them. They would not have deserved it, but it doesn't take a whole lot if you can just get some guys on base. And then, for example, a home run we talk about later from Game 3, when that happens, it's like, oh, if anyone's got on base, then you're like, it's game on again. Instead, the Brewers tend to be on the wrong end of that. And that's something, too, just with the terms of the profile. Like, Bross and Keston have been kind of power hitters for the Brewers this season. So you're, you're lining your, uh, your lineup up with more hitters of that ilk as opposed to kind of laying out, taking Colton out right now hurts. It's the right call in that sense, but it also hurts. It's one of the spots where just a balancing act of getting the Brewers' offense right is really difficult, and that is, again, because could have done with some help on that end at the deadline. 
Yep, and they and they didn't. Funny is the game where the Brewers got the most hits in this series was the game they was one of the games they lost, and mm-hmm. they just couldn't do anything to to drive those runs home. And got a had a really tough game from the top of the lineup too. Christian Yelich is in a big time slump, and he has been the guy that has been getting on base and creating these opportunities. And if he's not, someone else needs to pick up the slack. Is he um, for 22 now? Is it something like that? I believe it is. Um, so not not great right now uh, for Mr. Yelich. But uh, game one, a 3-1 loss. As I mentioned, Ryan Helsley closed things out. Brent Suter fired an inning of, and a third of scoreless baseball. And Jason Alexander came into the game, got himself into a jam, and then got out of it, as he is known to do. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, moving on to game two, which was a little more fun, and uh, we got to watch this together on uh, playback as a GSBN family. If you've never joined us for a playback, next time we do one, uh, jump on board. Hopefully, there's still a playoff race to talk about, but this uh, was an ace fest, we'll call it. Legendary Cardinals pitcher Adam Wainwright against Corbin Burns, and both of them um, really brought it. Seven, in- seven innings pitch, four hits. One um, earned run for Corbin, six strikeouts. Um, the lone run coming in the seventh inning uh, when Nolan Gorman doubled to deep right center field. Adam Wainwright matched him and then some nine innings pitched, three hits, one earned run, a walk, and eight strikeouts. He was incredible other than uh, an eighth inning opposite field home run from Luis Arias to tie things up in the eighth. This game would go to my favorite thing in baseball, extra innings, Manfred Ball. Uh, in Manfred Ball, Hunter Renfro leads off the inning, triples to right center, shows some great hustle. Like, off the bat, he was looking three as soon as that got by the right fielder, and it proved to be crucial because uh, Colton Wong would hit a sacrifice fly to score him. Who knows if they get that additional run home if he doesn't get the third and just settles for the double there. Um, Matt Bush would come on in the bottom of the tenth to face the Cardinals. A bloop single and a sacrifice fly did get one run home, but Bush battled back to 
record the save and get the win and inning pitch for him. That one hit a run, but it was a zombie runner. So not an earned run and two strikeouts really looked good. Cause that, I mean, that hit was not hard contact by any means, kind of just uh, bad luck there. But since a tough start, Matt Bush has really looked like someone that can be relied upon on this, in this bullpen. And uh, as we'll talk about later, that's uh, no small feat these days, but uh, a stressful game, one that you could say uh, the Brewers didn't necessarily deserve to win because the, the the bats were even colder in this game, just four hits recorded. Um, one other, other base runner reached via a walk from Wainwright. I think that was Rowdy. He drew that walk. He was the lone base runner for the longest time because I think uh, it was uh, a no-hit bid for Adam Wainwright through six innings of this game. He was he was really dominant. I think it even went – if he didn't get close to seven, maybe it was six and two outs in the seventh. Um, yeah, he was yeah, really I, impressive. That, that curveball was just nasty. Um, it shows – I guess that's a pitch that holds up pretty nicely for an aging pitcher if you're that good at it as, as Adam Wainwright is. I, I think the interesting thing here and something now kind of zooming out, knowing what came after this game, this one feels a little bit different than it felt in the moment when we were very excited and relieved that the Brewers managed to get one. Like if you look across the series, Cardinals got 23 innings from their starting pitchers to the Brewers 19 and the Brewers got pretty good games from their pitchers. And that, that is something that was something of a concern I think around the deadline is the Cardinals got better with their starting pitching. And that puts you in a spot where you've got to rely on your bullpen. And as everyone in baseball, anyone who follows baseball likely knows at this point, the Brewers have a new look bullpen. And the new look of that bullpen is not very good. Matt Bush has been the saving grace so far. And he delivered here, not entirely without stress, but not looking remotely flustered in those kind of situations. Magic keep himself grounded, go to work, trunk some really, really nice pitches, and then seemed pretty excited about it too. I mean, something you said to me um, during game three, I think it was, of this series, um, was that Matt Bush looks like he's really excited to be pitching for a a relevant baseball team and you can't see that he's really passionate he's bringing a fire to things that hasn't necessarily always been present from everyone else who's got an opportunity to uh, step into the brewers bullpen of late and indeed over the course of the season so he's certainly doing his part shout out to hunter renfro here for his first triple in like two years i believe it was if, if not even longer it's not something he does very often Although I have been adamant all season that when he hits one, he is capable of powering around those bases. And thankfully on this occasion, he did because as much as it's disappointing that the Brewers don't come away with the series win, if they had lost this one, this might be a post-mortem pot. Um, that's, that's honestly the truth on that one. So for him delivering there, that was important to Luis Arias has had a knack for coming up with crucial hits for the Brewers this season, and that home run was right up there too. A, a very good team performance. I mean, obviously, Corbin Burns, we can't really go without mentioning him and uh, highlighting him further, but gets a little bit overshadowed by Wainwright. But Corbin was excellent, really, really good. Some absolutely nasty 
pitches. Um, one backdoor cutter, I believe it was, that has been picking up subtraction on Pitching Ninja over the last 24 hours, which really is painted in the bottom right corner about as as well as you possibly could place it there. So Corbin had his best stuff, helped the Brewers to a win, um, but the margins were small, and that would continue to be the team going into game three. Yeah, the, the margins were small, and I think uh, it was really good not to waste that Corbin Burns performance, like you said, because we would be <laughs> despondent at this point. Um, so I wonder, until Sunday, I wonder how Cardinals fans were feeling about them wasting that Adam Wainwright performance. So, uh, yeah, it's a very, a very thin line with how things go. How often do you think a guy goes nine innings and doesn't get the win? Not only he, he I mean, he didn't even get the loss, uh, but to see your team lose after going nine, it feels like that has to be very, very rare. Yeah, I, I would love, I wish uh, I had seen something from like the Elias Sports Bureau or something pop up on the Twitter timeline. So I would have some information on that. Um, although I, I still wouldn't necessarily uh, want to dunk on him just because of how the series uh, finished out. Um, moving on to, to game three of the series, it was a, uh, a game where there was more great starting pitching from both teams with the Cardinals pitcher slightly outdoing the Brewers pitcher, which is a theme for this series. Uh, pretty much every game, that was the story. It got started off in a, in a very positive way for the uh, the Brewers after an infield single from Andrew McCutcheon. A Hunter Renfro home run made it 2 nothing Brewers in the second inning off of Miles uh, Miklas, who, other than that, just had an outstanding game. Eight innings pitched, four hits, two runs, both of them coming on that. Renfro, Homer, then no walks, six strikeouts. So other than the Renfro, Homer was just absolutely stellar. Uh, Ashby was was mostly very good as well. Uh, a solid start after he's had some struggles lately. Uh, he would allow a homer to Albert Pujols in the second inning, which answered uh, the Brewers scoring would eventually strain a runner at third that inning to get out of the jam with still having a lead in the sixth inning, another solo homer to Tyler O'Neill makes it two, two, um, <coughs> excuse me, after getting out of that inning, that would end Ashby's day, six innings pitch, three hits, two runs, both of them earn, uh, both coming on solo homers, two walks, five strikeouts, uh, mostly a really solid day from Ashby. And, uh, speaking about, wasting pitching performances and being demoralized that was pretty tough especially uh going into this game with probably wondering what we were going to get from Ashby because of what he's done lately uh I want to give all the kudos in the world to him for just battling out there giving them the six inning they needed and just uh bats couldn't help him out yeah and I mean that was the concern because we've seen Ashby with some regularity lately only make it four innings or five innings and we didn't exactly want the bullpen tested out, stretched in this one. As it turns out, he gives them a good start. You've got a couple of pretty significant pitchers who don't play at all. Am I right in saying that? I am right in saying that. We didn't see Box and Hobie no. at all in the series, either guy. Um, nope. And on that note, when you look at how this game ultimately finishes and plays out, with hindsight, which is just a wonderful tool, you would like to have some things back and do some things differently. 
Um, and then even just projecting ahead, you're like, great, Matt Bush, really good again. Um, he's also pitched two nights in a row now. And you're going into the, the game or into a series with the Dodgers. But that's that's something that with Ashby for sure, we we're like, the longer he could stay out there and keep the bullpen out of the game, the better. I think that ultimately proves true. Um, just the bullpen couldn't quite get it done. Yeah, that I before we get to the the bad part, I do want to say that was a really nice ending from Bush. Uh, I continued to I continue to be a fan of his pitching to this point. Um, showed some emotion after getting that last strikeout. He had mentioned to um, reporters after I think that save that. Uh, paraphrasing but like it's really cool to be involved in meaningful baseball games with a team in a playoff race rather than what he was used to in texas because they're <coughs> excuse me not factoring into these things very often strikes out pulls and Dejong, tommy edmund infield single strikes out dickerson and then what's out a roar that was nice um the brewers go down one two three in the eighth uh that would finish off uh, michaelis's day michaelis michaelis i've gone back and forth it's fine he's a great pitcher and he had a great day um Bottom of the eighth is where um, things went awry for the Milwaukee Brewers trade deadline acquisition in the famous Josh Hader deal. I don't know if you've heard about this trade, Adam. Um, Taylor Rogers comes on, strikes out uh, Newt Bar, looking, who is a favorite of Jordan Tresky. Uh, Dylan Carlson <coughs> would then homer to left field. I'm really sorry about all this coughing. This is not good. I need to go to the doctor for a second time in a month. This is problematic, to say the least. Tyler O'Neill reaches on an infield single. Um, Luis Arias makes a throwing error to get O'Neill to second. Walks Goldsmith, strikes out Arenado. We get to the point where we have walked this tightrope with Taylor Rogers long enough. He's not sharp. He's battled back to a point where there's two outs. But the man coming to the plate is a guy who is only in baseball right now to try and get 700 home runs and to hit off of left-handed pitchers. And this was a situation where and to break to break Brewer Spears. That too. Um, that too. I mean, you go to Box, go to Devin, go to Streslecki. Just bring in a right-handed pitcher and sit Taylor Rogers down. Taylor Rogers, who has recently gotten a cortisone shot in his knee. We don't know what his health is like. He has not been good since May. Uh, whether it's due to health or other reasons, we don't know. But nevertheless, that was the time to pull him out of this baseball game. Doesn't happen. Albert Pujols sends his second homer uh, of the game into Mac land in left field. Uh, I would make it 6-2, and that longest, would be... Longest home run of his career, just short noting. Not that at, not that he's been shy in having homers in his career either, but that one was the longest. The uh, Would It Dong Twitter account said, this would have been a homer in all 30 ballparks. And I was like, yeah, we, we gathered that. Like, we, we knew. And uh, yeah, Strez Lucky would come in and get uh, DeJong uh, out looking on a strikeout. But that was pretty much all of the Brewers being in this game. Yelich and Adamas go down in quick order in the ninth. Rowdy Telez hits a homer uh, into the right field stands. McCutcheon singles. Renfro grounds out. Ryan Helsley closes things down for the Cardinals. But they did damage his ERA a little bit. So <laughs> mission, mission accomplished. Not actually, but yeah, a tough bottom of the eighth inning uh, where a trade deadline acquisition and a highly publicized trade did not get the job done. And it's just the optics of it all coming in a serious loss that was right there for the taking. Just tough.
The trade sucks, Andrew. The trade sucks. It's as simple as that. It was a terrible trade. Uh, I'm trying not to hold this too personally against Taylor Rogers right now. I mean, when the reports come out about his knee, the Brewers are pretty quick to counter. We're like, no, no, we look, we got his medical records and we're up to date with everything that's in there. Then what kind of negotiations went on? Why is this the guy you're making a trade for? Why is this a trade that involves Taylor Rogers, Denelson Lamette, who you can't actually have on your roster, you bungle? Why weren't you able to get a better return? Why weren't there more prospects or better prospects in the deal? And we're left in this spot where we're watching Taylor Rogers, who, if it's not his knee that's dragging him down, it's, you know, the absolute rock bottom confidence which saw him lose his closing role the week before the trade with the Padres anyway. Like I I'm really, really struggling to compute this. I no one can sell to me anyway unless Este Ruiz is just gonna be an absolute sensation. Uh unless Gasser is going to be a sensation and in the long run we'll be like, whoa, look at this. This actually worked out. The idea of, oh, this keeps us going where we are for the now. And I say this fully aware of the fact that Josh Hader is struggling. But right now, what are they going to get at Taylor Rogers? How many more times are we going to see Taylor Rogers fit and healthy to pitch this season? Are we going to want to even see that? Uh, I'm just really, really struggling with that. Because, look, as much as there are lots of other problems with the team, and we've talked about that, and like in this series, they're they're lacking the offensive firepower that you get when you look across at a Cardinals team. You see Goldschmidt and Arenado and Noah Gorman sometimes and Albert Pujols even at this point. They might be lacking that, but in this game, you are there. You are there with a chance to win the series, to take the division lead, and to give yourself the kind of jolt of momentum, of energy, of confidence that is maybe your only chance to go into the Dodger series and really hold your own. And it's just, it's a disaster. It could not be worse. And the pitches were not good. I mean, I'm not usually the person to get into the ins and outs of the pitches. His strikes, his strikes should have been hit a long way. (laughs) It was, it was the Homer, right? That was, 79 miles per hour with very little movement on it, just hanging just off of center over the middle of the plate. Like, yeah, it would have been a cement mixer slider, I'm assuming, just like all turn, no break. <laughs> I just I can't do that if this team is going to continue to fight, which I, I believe they will. They're just that kind of team, they're going to win games they shouldn't win, possibly against the Dodgers just to set up plenty of opportunity for stress, potential heartbreak, also excitement down the stretch. I feel like that's going to be part of the Brewers experience. But if we're going to get to more really high leverage spots like this, I am concerned about the guy who is having a very bad year and who also isn't healthy, which if, if the kind of case everyone was making with hater is, Oh, look, he hasn't got it. Look at the numbers. It's like he was healthy. Like that that's always one thing that you've got going for it, that there's a chance he regains it in time. Taylor Rogers, it, it may be a different question altogether. I mean, look, reinforcements are coming, but returning from injury, 
um, and also from other trades and injuries that have derailed on that front. The Brewers pitching staff is going to be stronger, both with a starter, with some bullpen arms in the next couple of weeks, seems fair to say. But yeah, I just I, I don't know oh. what you I don't know what you do. Sorry, I I, I should be done. I wasn't done. I just Sorry, don't know what bad. you do. Hobie yeah, Miller Trevor... didn't get in this game, Andrew. <laughs> Give Hobie uh, the seventh. Give Bush the eighth. Uh, I don't know if we mentioned this. Trevor Gott went on the IL this weekend. Not as great. Well, Not harming great. The bullpen depth. Um, would have been a great right-handed option against Pulhos there, <laughs> but uh. Trevor Rosenthal is going out on a rehab assignment with Nashville. So we'll see if he eventually makes his way to the Brewers. Adrian Hauser continues his rehab. So like you said, people are coming right. Right now it's not great. Uh, you wonder if Taylor Rogers needs an IL stint to see how, you know, the effects yes, of that, uh, just do it anyway. shot, that cortisone shot goes. And we say all this hoping that the Brewers, well, I'll say this for two reasons. If the Brewers sweep the Dodgers, I already made it a, uh, proclamation on a playback that I'll get some sort of Brewers related tattoo. We don't know if it's, if it's Barrel Man, if it's the cruising for a bruising logo. We don't know. So we hope that in four days' time, we'll call it, we're having this conversation about, well, they've gone and done it again and they've played their way back into contention and all of our bad feelings are now good feelings. Uh, but we'll see if that happens. I do have a, a update on another, another uh, acquisition for you, Adam. You, would you like to hear that? Okay. According to uh, Kurt Hogue, Brewers legend Denelson Lamette has now thrown five scoreless innings, allowing three hits and striking out four since being claimed by the Colorado Rockies. Fantastic. Great eye, David Stearns. <laughs> no, no, they said they loved him when they got him, Adam. You know that. They loved him, and then they just DFA'd him immediately and kept Jake McGee on the roster for a few more days because reasons, Adam. This is all bigger than you and I can understand. We're the idiots here. Uh, anyway, yeah, 6-3 loss to the Cardinals uh, to lose two out of three. Uh, and we did hand out Master Brewer points, so I guess we should go through that now. Does that sound like a plan? Sure, let's do it. Does Taylor we'll Rogers t- we'll get talk- one? We'll talk about this. <laughs> we'll move on to the look ahead. We'll look at the standings. We will give a lay of the land, a... Uh, we've we've gotten all of our passion and our uh, frustration and our uh, there's a better word that I can't I just, quite put my I, finger I, on. I do think uh, apologies to everyone. I think the Brewers have finally got to me. I think today is the day that the Brewers really got to me. Uh, yeah, I think a lot a lot of it is that uh, like I uh, I think they're going to win games when the good things happen. And when they get a lead, I'm like, my pessimism is unfounded. This is going to go well. Look at Ashby's pitching so well. And then things fall apart and I get really sad. But it's okay. That's why we watch baseball. That's why we watch any sport, to feel the good and the bad. Uh, the bad makes the good feel much better when it eventually happens. But anyway, uh, Corbin Burns gets a brew point. Seven innings pitch, four hits, one run, six strikeouts. Great outing from Burns. Aaron Ashby, six innings pitch, three hits, two earned runs, two walks, five strikeouts. Matt Bush, who, like we said, is in terms of reliever acquisitions, he is the bell of the ball right now. Uh, two innings pitch, three hits, no earned runs because of the zombie runner. Uh, zero walks, five strikeouts. Uh, Hunter Renfro, three for 11, a walk, a triple, a homer, one run, three RBI. 
uh, not the gaudiest of numbers, but when you hit a triple in Manford ball that essentially wins you the game because of A, the run you drove in, and B, getting yourself in advanced position so that a sack fly can score you, and the rest of the way the inning played out, they might not have scored had that not happened. And then Luis Arias, three for 11, a triple, a homer, two runs, an RBI, and the game-tying homer off Wainwright in game two. The leaderboard threw 113 Major League Baseball games. You've watched 113 Major League Baseball games to this point this year, Adam. Uh, who would have thought when we first met we'd be having this conversation? Rowdy Tellez with 18 leads the way. Corbin Burns in second with 14. Christian Yelich has 13. Willie Adamas and Andrew McCutcheon with 10. Chase Peterson with 9. Hunter Renfro, Luis Arias, and Brandon Woodruff at 8. Tyrone Taylor, Colton Wong, Devin Williams, Josh Hader with 7. Eric Lauer with 6. Aaron Ashby, Hobie Miller, Keston Hero with five. Trevor Gott, Jonathan Davis, Victor Caratini, Jason Alexander, Freddie Peralta with three. Matt Bush, Brad Boxberger, Omar Narvaez, Adrian Hauser with two. Yandel Gustave, Brent Suter, Luke Barker, and Peter Strezlecki with a single beer. Ugh, taking a breath. How are we feeling, Adam? Not great. Again, apologies to people. I had a long day of work today. Part of that, I had the second screen, the Milwaukee Brewers losing to the Cardinals in incredibly frustrating fashion. And yeah, it's got to me. This team has got to me. The prospect of four games against the Dodgers, who thankfully, I don't know. Is it a good thing they've just lost a game? Probably not, because they're probably not due to lose another one for like a month now. Uh, but they did lose a game today, so... You know, two teams coming into this one, both off the back of losses. As even as it gets, right? Brewers, Dodgers, we'll see how that one goes. The thing about this uh, is the Brewers will get me right back on side. If they go and they beat the Dodgers in game one, that would be very exciting. A world of possibilities would open up. Uh, but I, ha- I have another uh, proclamation I'll make. This doesn't come with a sweep. This only comes if they win three out of four. Okay. So... So uh, I was going through a bunch of old flight credit that I had uh, oh, traded in. I already have a return trip booked for Brewers Cubs on Sunday. And I have enough credit to book a one-way via Delta on a Saturday morning. So if they beat the the Dodgers three out of four this series, I'll just impromptu do that when I get back from a work trip in New York and provide content on the ground at Wrigley Field for Brewers Cubs. I don't understand your logic in not doing that if they sweep. I'll do it if they sweep as well. I'm just saying. I mean, because if, if no, they I'm sweep, not... don't just punish yourself by having to get a tattoo. At least send yourself to Brewers Cubs. Yeah, no, my thing was like. They uh, have to win like, the series. Like, 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 yeah, like a split's not going to cut it is my. No, is my of point. course. I, I, phrased, of course. I phrased that poorly. They, if yeah. they win the series, so, yeah. you're, you're going to Brewers Cubs. And if yeah. they sweep the series, you're going to Brewers Cubs. And I don't know, maybe in Chicago, you could go and get your Brewers tattoo. Think, I'm sure there'd be lots no, of people th- who'd love to do that. I think we're getting the tattoo in Milwaukee if that happens in oh, a okay. month's time. So we'll have we some build-up to it. That's a good idea, because we need to get some some video of that and get it up on on the GSPN YouTube for content purposes. So that's good. There, there was, I'm, I'm hoping for the series win. Uh, my wife was like, you having a flight book that you didn't remember you had booked is the most you thing ever. That is, that is um, peak Andrew Snyder. Yeah, co- <laughs> canceled pre-COVID trip just left me with like Willie, a bunch of Willy Wonka's golden tickets, but I stuffed them in different places in the house and I can't find them. Uh, we'll take a look at the standings first. So one and a half games back of the Cardinals. So if 
if the opponent coming up wasn't so daunting, I don't think we would be as dismal as we've been despite this loss if, because they were if close they didn't have games. to play them in two out of three series. Yeah, the, the, the seven games of it all, seven out of your next ten is tough. So 63 and 51 Cardinals, 61 and 52 Brewers, a game and a half back. If we look at the wild card, I think we were done one favor today. Um, the Philadelphia Phillies uh, lost to the New York Mets, so they are similar to the Cardinals, 63 and 51 uh, Brewers, a game and a half back of the Phillies and two games back of the Padres. Um, yeah, so that's that's where they sit there. And then, like we said, four at home against the Los Angeles Dodgers. That's, I guess, the one silver lining. And another silver lining is just the arms that the Brewers are able to throw in this series. The pitching is, is lining up very favorable, favorably for the uh, for the Brewers. Freddie Peralta on Monday at 7-10 Central against uh, Julio, Julio Arias. Uh, Tuesday, 7-10 Central, Brandon Woodruff versus Ryan Pepio. Wednesday, 7-10 Central on Fox Sports 1, national broadcast, Eric Lauer versus Tony Gonzalez. And Thursday, getaway day before a trip to Chicago, 110 Central start, Corbin Burns versus Andrew Haney. So four games with the Dodgers, but you get Peralta, Woodruff, and Lauer. Or <laughs> Peralta, Woodruff, and Burns in the series. Also Eric Lauer. Good for Eric Lauer, but I was, you know, I was <laughs> meant to highlight the three aces there. And, I mean, uh, they're, your, they're your top four guys, though, when everyone's healthy, even in your rotation. So, But yeah. aside from that, there's a couple of lefties over there on that Dodger side of things, right? There are. Haney and... Uh, I, I've forgotten his name. I was just looking at his name. Andrew Haney's a lefty. Tony Gonsolin's not. Ryan Pepio's not. Luis Arias is. Our... our Julio Arias is, excuse me. So lefty in the opening game of the series, sandwiched uh, between his two righties and then another lefty. So will Rowdy not play two of these three games or two of these four games? Tune in to find out. The Dodgers, by the way, are 79 and 34 with a run differential of plus 247. And they're very good at, at this sport. Seems good. Seems good. Um, yeah. Looking forward to it, I guess. Run differential, 212 better than the Brewers. That is that is certainly something. Um, we'll see how all of that plays out this week. We'll be back one way or another to recap it all. Will Andrew be getting ready for a tattoo will he be getting ready for a trip we can only hope so as if you didn't have enough reason to root for the brewers to shock the world against the dodgers in this series well now it's now it's sealed until then and to make sure you catch us next time and for all episodes going forward subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast that's a cruising for a bruising you should also subscribe to the eurostep podcast network that way you'll hear us talk Milwaukee books. I'm there with Jordan Tresky for winning six. Ty Windish and Ron Caddy are there for the Eurostep. Andrew occasionally makes appearances. GSPN.info. You get the links to all sorts of other good stuff we've got going on. If you want to get in the Discord, get the, the inside track on everything, get to talk brewers with us throughout the week. Um, get the first kind of 
breaking news updates on when there'll be playbacks, all that kind of stuff. Get that in the Discord. What am I forgetting? Go to GSPN store. Rep cruising for bruising if you really want to support us. That's pretty much it. We're at GSPN on Twitter. If you enjoy this little pod, please give us five-star ratings and reviews wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, everyone. We're all in this together.